Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 161. It's December 27, 2015. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, in today's episode, I'm not going to talk about the stock market directly, I'm not going to talk about any specific stocks. We're not going to do a market update or anything. But I do want to cover with you a topic that's extremely important. This is one of those concepts that I wanted to get in before the year end. And so here we are a few days after Christmas. I'm recording this episode because I think it's that important that you hear this before the year is out. What I want to talk to you today about is the importance of attitude and motivation. You've heard me say many times that the stock market is more about human nature than about balance sheets and financial statements. And that's why attitude and motivation are so important. Now, I'm not going to get all paranormal with you here and talk about how you can think and grow rich and the power of, you know, attraction to money by having the right thoughts. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about karma, even though I do think ultimately there is justice in the world and we reap what we sow. But when I talk about attitude and motivation, I'm talking about that as the final thing that you can do that final action that you take that gives you the competitive edge. And so if you're lazy, if you're a sloth, if you're someone that's not providing any type of service or utility to your fellow human beings, then it doesn't matter whether you have a good attitude or it doesn't matter whether you're motivated. You won't be rewarded for that kind of behavior. But if you're someone that's out there every day performing and you're providing the people in your community a needed product and service, and at the same time, you've got a great attitude and you're highly motivated. Well, that's going to give you that extra competitive edge that's going to put you over the top. This works for you in the stock market. It works for you as an employee and it works for you as an entrepreneur. I think it works for you in your personal life as well. And so that's why having a good attitude is so important. I've seen this in sports. I've seen this in the military. I've seen this throughout the business world, and again, specifically, I live it every day in the stock market. Now, it is a little bit different in the stock market. We'll talk about that towards the end of this episode. I'm going to hit on the more obvious things first, and that's as far as being an employee. If you're an employee and you want to get a raise or you want to get the next promotion or you want to get that job that you're dreaming about, well, just doing your job isn't good enough. You have to provide that product or that service that your employer is looking for, or you have to provide whatever skill it is that they've hired you for that enhances the product or the service that they provide to their customers. Now, that's expected. So you have to excel at that. You have to be good at that. You have to be as good or better than the next guy with that. But what sets you apart? What makes you Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or Thomas Edison, or a genius like Mozart. Well, that difference, that extra cutting edge, that competitive things that make one person great and makes them stand out over everybody else is just mediocre. That's all about attitude and motivation. Listen, you can have all the talent in the world and you can still not go anywhere in life. I've known people that have extremely high IQs. And yet, they couldn't hold a job because they were smarter than everybody else. They were smarter than their boss. They were smarter than the customers, right? You get it. They were smarter than everyone. And so consequently, no one wanted to be around them. And all that talent they had with their high IQ and their mental capacity was wasted because they couldn't put that into a product or a service that would enhance other people's lives. And so their careers went nowhere. 
Think of it in terms of money. I often talk about the celebrity or the uh, superstar athlete or the person that goes out and wins the lottery. Yeah, they win the Powerball and in three years, they're broke. Or the athlete that's making $10 million a year, a few years after he retires from the NFL or something, what is he? He's broke. Well, why does that happen? How can someone have so much money and then go broke? Well, finances and building wealth and investing in the stock market, it isn't all about how much money you have. It's how you use that money. My mantra has always been you have to earn, you have to save, and then and only then you invest. If you get a big windfall profit because you won the lottery or you get some big payday because you're a superstar athlete or celebrity or, or maybe even you're just a whiz kid in technology and you're over in Silicon Valley and you're young and you're making a fortune, well, that doesn't mean that you're going to hold on to that money. Remember, the old proverb says, a fool and his money are soon parted. So just because you earn a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to have a large net worth. That part about saving, that part about learning how to be a good investor, even the, the fact about learning how to be a good earner, that's all about motivation and attitude. And it's different for different people because what motivates one person may be a total demotivator to someone else. Let me give you a personal example. Right now, I'm recording this podcast on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that enjoy watching football on Sunday. And on this particular day, on a Christmas weekend, there's probably some spectacular bowl game or something going on. I just don't know about it because I don't care about football. I don't watch football on Sundays. I don't watch football on Monday nights. I don't watch college football. I don't watch professional football. I just don't watch football. It's not important to me. It doesn't motivate me. I don't like it. When I was in the business world and I'd get tickets to a game and, you know, take a client to a game, while other people would have thought, wow, what a great privilege it is to get to take clients to football games. I hated it. It was the worst part of my week. So while it may be a big motivator to you, it does nothing to satisfy me. So on a Sunday afternoon, how am I spending my time? I'm spending my time podcasting because that's what I enjoy. That's what motivates me. Consequently, it also makes me money. Whenever you can align the things that you enjoy, the things that motivate you, when you can align those up with products and services that you can offer to other people that enhance your ability to earn a living, then you're in the right direction to build your wealth because it's easier for you to be motivated doing the things that you naturally like. So if you're that employee, if you're stuck running a machine or you're stuck inside of a dehumanizing cubicle, or whatever it is, think about how you can get motivated and how you can have the right attitude so you can excel to the next level so that you can get promoted up above your current job or so you can get a competitor to hire you or so you can leave that job and go to a job that you have more skills and talents for. You see, no one's going to know about it if you have a bad attitude. No one cares that you hate sitting in your cubicle because everybody hates sitting in a cubicle. You have to show you're different. You have to show your employer or your future employer that you're worth investing in because you're going to make that employer a lot of money because you not only have the skill set and the ability, but because you're willing to go the extra mile because you have that attitude and that motivation that sets you apart from everyone else. You're willing to stay later. You're willing to come in earlier. You're willing to spoon feed the customer or whatever you have to do because you're not only good at it, but you also are motivated and have the right attitude because you love what you do. Go down to a fast food restaurant. Go to McDonald's or someplace. 
They're going to throw you your fries and your hamburger at you. It's not going to be that great of an experience. Go over to a Chick-fil-A. You're going to find an employee there that's probably paid a little bit more than what the guy at McDonald's is making. And that guy or girl, when you tell them thank you, they're going to look you in the eye and they're trained to say, my pleasure. In general, I would say the employees at a Chick-fil-A are more motivated, have a better attitude than their counterparts across the street at McDonald's. Now, whether you like Chick-fil-A or whether you like their chicken sandwiches or not, that's not important. Look at the numbers. Look at the number of restaurants they have and look at the revenue they generate. And they do it when they're only open six days a week. That's the difference that motivation and attitude can have in your life. You can be selling a commodity product like a fast food sandwich, and yet you can make more money with less effort in terms of square footage and in terms of hours of operation. It's not about how many restaurants you have or how many hours a day you're open. It's about the level of quality in the products and services that you offer to your customer base. And so Chick-fil-A can have less stores and, and be operational for less hours. And the reason they can make more money at a higher profit margin is because they're putting forth attitude and motivation. So what they lack in square footage of stores and what they lack in, in hours of operation through the week, they make up for in the human performance. You can do the same in your job. And you do the same thing in the stock market. When it comes to picking winning stocks or just mutual funds or whatever it is that you're invested in, where the attitude and the motivation comes into play is that you have to overcome fear and greed, which are the two biggest enemies that you're going to have in the stock market. You also have to not be covetous. You can't care about what other people are making. I saw a headline today that says the Federal Reserve will pay banks $12 billion in 2016. Now this has to do with the recent Fed rate increase and really the gist of the article is to make the average person mad at the banks. So you're supposed to be frustrated that the banks are going to make all this money for not doing anything. Well, let me key in on a little secret. The banks are always going to make money without doing anything. The middle class, the average guy, you're always going to lose. Because the rich are always going to win. That's why they're rich. You can be mad about it. You can be frustrated about it. None of that's going to matter. You can't be covetous. You can't worry about the grass being greener on the other guy's lawn. You just have to worry about your own yard. So rather than being frustrated and putting all your energy to talking bad about the Federal Reserve or boycotting banks or talking to your brother-in-law about how much you hate bankers, it doesn't matter. They're going to make their 12 extra billion dollars this year. What are you going to make? You need to focus on you. That's where the attitude comes in. You know what? If I think that the bankers have an easy tailwind behind them and they're going to pick up an extra 12 billion dollars in 2016, if I really believe that, I'm not going to be envious of the banks. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invest in bank stocks. That's how you make it work for you. I hear people all the time say things about conspiracies or cartels. You know, oh, well, they're, they're depressing the price of gold. It, you know, it's always them and they. And I'll say, you really believe that? You think that someone's holding down the price of gold? You think that gold should be at $2,000 an ounce, but there's some devious billionaire out there that's behind the scenes, that's working with all the central banks, and they're depressing the price of gold, and they're holding it below $1,100 an ounce? You really believe that? And they'll tell me, yeah, yeah, I believe that, absolutely. And I'll say, well, then, why don't you short gold? If you're so convinced that there's a cartel that's depressing the price of gold, why do you keep buying more of it if the price is going down? Short it. 
make a profit. But they don't see it that way. They just want to complain. And they want to complain about things that they have no control over. It's the same thing with any topic. Pick whatever you want or whatever general unfairness there is in the world. Yeah, all those bad things are going to happen. The only way you can do anything about it is to improve your own situation. And you do that by earning, saving, and then learning how to invest so you can increase your net worth. And so that you can make choices that you think are the moral and the right choices in your life. The things that are in harmony with your beliefs. So getting back to the stock market, attitude and motivation are that last little bit that give you the competitive cutting edge to win to put you over the top. Now again, if you're a lazy investor, if you're investing in BS penny stocks, or if you're putting your money in some scam that isn't going to pay off because it's a get-rich-quick gimmick, well, it doesn't matter how good of an attitude you have. You're going to lose. So you have to do all the right things. You have to buy good quality stocks when they're forming the right chart pattern and when they're about to break out. And then that's when your attitude and your motivation kicks in. That's when you need to be able to control and pull back on your desire for greed and you have to overcome your fear of losing. So the attitude and the motivation isn't going to get you there, but it's that last little bit that's going to get you over the edge. And it's like anything else. I can't tell you the perfect stock to invest in for you. I can't tell you the perfect business you should start or the perfect career that you should follow in your life. You need to find those things out on your own. You need to work with understanding your own desires and abilities and talk to mentors that are close by you. And it's the same with attitude and motivation. I don't know what motivates you. Remember, I hate football. A lot of people love it. You know what motivates and demotivates you, so you have to push those buttons and pull those levers. And when you find out what you like, you run with it. You make the most of it. You use that talent and ability and skill that you have to provide the best products and services to people in your community that you can. When it comes to investing in the stock market, you use that edge that you have to let you win. Maybe you're optimistic. Maybe you love technology. Then you focus on technology growth stocks and you play them for the long term. Maybe you're someone that loves numbers and spreadsheets and pumping out algorithms and studying trends. Well, then you focus on the quantitative side of things. Maybe on the other hand, you're someone that can see a flaw in everything. You just look at something and you can see bad news. Well, you should consider shorting the market. Focus on finding companies that you think are about to fall apart because you can see that disaster that's brewing under the surface that no one else recognizes. Well, then short that stock. You see, attitude and motivation and your talents and abilities, they play into the stock market just like anything else. That's why in one of my previous episodes, I say that the absolute best trading system is the one that works for you. If you're a good short trader, then don't waste your time buying and holding. If you're someone that can develop high-speed automated trading algorithms, then, then again, don't focus on buy and holding. That's not where your talent is. If you're someone that likes to dig down in the numbers and study the balance sheets and study the cash flow, then maybe you should be a value investor. On the other hand, if you're someone that really enjoys human nature and you want to go out there and understand how all these things are interacting and you feel that you have the ability to look at human nature and put that together with an upcoming trend, then by all means, be a swing trader. Trade with the trends that you've identified. You're a particular type of person. You have all kinds of talents and abilities that no one else has. You're unique. Use that to your advantage. 
but don't ever forget the importance of attitude and motivation. You have to be excited. You have to love what you do. You have to want to go out there and serve other people. And for those of you that think that investing or trading in the stock market isn't a service to others, well, I'm not going to explain that in this podcast, but I think you're wrong. I think that anytime you put your money to work, it builds and develops and grows the overall economy because it's not a zero-sum game. When you put your money in the stock market, it's not speculation, it's not gambling, it's putting that money to work in the marketplace. And buying shares in Apple is no different than going down to the store and buying apples at the grocery store. They're both products that you're purchasing. And someone, somewhere on the other end of that transaction, somewhere in that supply chain, someone is benefiting. And that's what makes the economy work. It's when at least two people come together and create a transaction that's beneficial. Let me pull this all together and sum it up by telling you a little bit of personal story. Now again, this weekend, I didn't waste any time watching football because I don't like football. But I did waste a couple hours going to the movie theater. And going to the movie theater is a little bit out of character for a cheapskate like me because I usually wait to watch things in the comfort of my own home when I can either watch it on Netflix for a few dollars or rent the DVD from Redbox or something like that. In any case, this weekend I did splurge. I took uh, some members of my family. We went out and we saw Creed. Now, I'm a big Rocky Balboa fan, and I like seeing it on the big screen. But to me, what's even more important than seeing an action-packed uh, boxing movie like that on a big screen is that I have a daughter that loves the Rocky movies. Since she was a little kid, she's extremely athletic, and she would love to watch the Rocky movies over and over again. Whenever I'd take her to one of her sporting events, like she was playing soccer or something, when we're driving there in the car, we'd always play the Rocky soundtracks and, and get her all pumped up for the game. And that did give her an emotional high, listening to that, you know, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, whatever, you know, I'm not a musician, so I can't do it, but you know what I'm talking about. Hearing that Rocky theme music, right, that's going to pump anybody up. That would make her go out there, and she'd just put her heart into the game, and she'd kick the heck out of that soccer ball. She was a little kid, but she was fast, and she was powerful. And so she loved those Rocky movies, and that was a part of her developmental process as she grew up. Well, it was about, I guess, nine years ago, December 2006, that I took her to see Rocky VI. And at the time, I thought, hey, Sylvester Stallone's getting pretty old. This is probably going to be the last Rocky ever. And I remember taking my daughter to that just like it was yesterday. Well, yesterday, I took her to go see Creed, which, you know, in effect is Rocky VII. We loved the movie. We had a great time at it. It's a good storyline. Sylvester Stallone is definitely getting old these, and I don't know how many more he's going to be able to do, but he has a great performance in this. The other actors are excellent as well. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite Rocky movie, but it definitely doesn't disappoint. I bring this up because if you're looking for a way to motivate yourself to get that little bit of extra kick in your attitude, then you need to find something like that. Find something like a movie like Rocky that motivates you, or find a theme song that's just going to pump you up, and play that over and over again in your mind when you're out there, when you're working in the cubicle, when you're operating your machine, when you're trying to come up with your entrepreneurial idea to start your own business or whatever it is you're going to do. Use that song or that mental image or that fictitious character. Use that to strengthen you up, to shore you up, to help you get that motivation that you need to go up to the next level. Now I'm going to give you a couple quotes from Rocky Balboa that he said in this Creed movie. I'm not going to spoil anything from you. I'm just going to mention two things. And I know that it's fictitious and Rocky's not a real character and that's all well and good. It doesn't matter. 
You know, as a little kid and even as an adult, I've learned a lot from the story of the Good Samaritan. But you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, it's a story. It's a parable. It didn't really happen. It doesn't matter that it's fictitious. It was a teaching point. And so you can learn from fictitious events. Well, let me tell you a couple parables or proverbs from the movie Creed. In the movie, Rocky states over and over again in the movie as he's training Adonis Johnson Creed, the young upcoming fighter, the son of Apollo Creed. Rocky tells him, one step, one punch, one round at a time. When I heard Rocky say that, that reminds me of my mantra, earn, save, invest, right? It's one step at a time, one step, one punch, one round at a time. If you're a beginning investor, you're not going to be Warren Buffett. You're not going to be making billions. You need to first learn how to earn and save before you can invest. You're going to save your money differently when you only have $2,000 or when you're building your emergency fund than you're going to save when you're a millionaire. And when you have 5 or $10 million, you're going to save and invest differently than the guy that just has a million. So it's one step, one punch, one round at a time. It's the same way with being an employee. Maybe you have to start down on the manufacturing floor. Maybe you have to start in that small cubicle. You're not going to get the big executive corner office the first day on the job. It's one step, one punch, one round at a time. If you don't make it through the third round, you're never going to make it into the fourth round. So focus on the round that you're in. Maybe your round right now is the cubicle. Maybe your round right now is this small business that you're trying to get up off the ground. But if you don't make it through the round you're in, you're never going to go the distance. You can't be the champ unless you take some punches, unless you take some falls along the way. So quit whining about your current situation. Hang in there. Win that round. Beat out that inning. Play that quarter, whatever it is. Make it to the end and then go on to the next one. So there you go. Wisdom from Rocky. One step, one punch, one round at a time. The other part of the movie that I thought was real motivational and I really loved, I want you to look for it when you, when you go see the movie, and that's when Rocky teaches Adonis how to shadow box. He has him stand in front of the mirror, and he has him throw punches at himself. And he says to him, what happens? Look at that guy in the mirror. Well, every time you punch at him, what's he do? He punches back at you, right? So you've got to learn to block and move. And Rocky says, This guy here, that's the toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. That's the toughest opponent you'll ever face. Well, let me tell you, I don't think truer words were ever spoken by a character in Hollywood. I want you to take that to heart, whether you're an employee or that entrepreneur, or especially when you're trading in the stock market. Your opponent is yourself. Look in the mirror. That's the toughest guy you're going to come up against. Learn to take him on. Learn to overcome his weaknesses. That's how you're going to get ahead. You're going to sharpen yourself and you're going to become a better person, not by beating out your neighbor, but you're going to beat out that guy in the mirror. Put him under control. Teach him some discipline. If you can learn to control that guy in the mirror, you'll excel at whatever you want to do. And that's a fact. You can take that to the bank. One final thought. Remember I said that nine years ago I took my daughter to see Rocky Six, and then yesterday I took her again to see Creed? You know, it seems like only yesterday, but time slips by quick fast. You have to act on it. You have to use that attitude and motivation because that clock never stops ticking. And what seems just like yesterday to me, well, it has been almost a decade. And you know, my little girl, she's not a little girl anymore. When I took her to the movies yesterday, it wasn't just her and dad. It wasn't a daddy-daughter date. She's a grown woman now. She's married. 
So I enjoyed that movie not only with her, but also with my son-in-law. You see, time's always ticking. It's always moving forward. And you've only got so many days left on this earth. And the people around you are growing up and changing all the time. So you need to make the most of it. Go see Creed. You'll get pumped up. I was so motivated by it. My daughter and I even took a picture at the movie theater. I'll include that in the show notes. You can see that my little tomboy grew up to be a woman, but she still makes time to play around with her old dad. So, hey, I had a great Christmas weekend. I hope you did, too. Merry Christmas to all of you.